I'm sure some of you are familiar with um, the Chronicles of Narnia books, you know, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and um, Prince Caspian and the Silver Chair, and that whole series that C.S. Lewis uh, wrote. And of course, there's a few of the movies have come out as well. But there's uh, one of the books is called, I always remember, I'll probably remember it backwards. It's either like The Horse and His Boy or The Boy and His Horse. I always forget. I think it's The Horse and His Boy, but I forget. Um, There's an amazing part in that book where, so the horse is all the creatures of Narnia, which is really symbolic of heaven, where Aslan, the lion, is symbolic of Jesus. You know, Narnia is the place that everybody really wants to be or to live. There are kind of like lands around that area in the Chronicles of Narnia, but Narnia is kind of the the place where everybody would like to live and to be. And um, all of the animals in Narnia are able to speak. Uh, They actually have an intelligence because they're kind of in that different heavenly realm. And so this, this particular horse can actually speak. And so one of the things that happens is that the boy is basically going to escape on this horse, but he doesn't know how to ride. And so the horse says, well, well, I'll teach you how to ride, but what's going to happen is you're going to, you know, get on the horse and, you know, and what does he say to him? He says, you cannot, he says, but um, he said, oh, but you must fall. And he's like, well, what do you mean I must fall? You know, and he's just like, well, you have to be okay with falling, essentially. He's like, you have to get on. You're not allowed to grab the reins on me because I'm the one who knows where we're going. And then he's like, and you have to fall. And then he's just like, well, you know, that kind of sounds like it would hurt and all this stuff. And he's just kind of complaining about it in the moment. He's just like, well, if you're not, if you're not prepared to fall, then, then you really won't be able to ride. And, um, and so kind of explains to him, so you're not allowed to grab the reins you know, you just have to kind of hold on with your legs, with your knees, and you have to be willing to fall. And that's such an amazing description of the spiritual life. The, the, the three traditional kind of modes of the spiritual life are the purgative, the illuminative, and the unitive way. And so, as we hear today in the Gospel of John, you know, just as an aside, I don't know if, how you can't hear the very beginning of the Gospel of John and understand that that was not just written by a human being, that, that it was some, you know, that that was given to a human being by God. Just the amazing concept that is even written about the light and the dark and the word and the word being existence before God. That, that the beginning of the Gospel of John is truly like pure poetry and it's amazing. But we hear about the light, about Jesus being the light of the world. And so in those stages of spirituality, the purgative way is when we first turn away from sin and actually recognize our sinful nature. So you would never be able to turn towards God in the first place if you didn't recognize what a wretch you were in the first place. You kind of have to realize that you were doing something wrong and that you need to be saved. You know, in a sense, like the Chronicles of Narnia, that's kind of like the point where you're willing to even get on the horse. You got to be willing to get on the horse, but, but like the horse reminded the boy, you, you better be willing to fall because you'll just never, never learn without that, without understanding that you will fail, even though you're going to strive towards, towards something. 
And so in that purgative way, we turn away from things. And that's the first time we start to see who we really are, in a sense. And then the second part of the spiritual life is the illuminative path. That's truly where, you know, and we use that word illuminative, you know, and it, and it lines up perfectly with the light of Christ. We don't see anything in the darkness until God allows us to see. And, and often, that's one of the most horrifying times in a Christian's life, is when the light is shed on themselves, their own, our own nature, to see who we really are, the things that we're doing poorly, the things that we're doing well, and what our sin actually looks like, looks like in this world. But in that part of the path is when somebody actually starts to practice. They truly start living the life. You know, in the purgative way, you're starting to eradicate sin and things like that. But the illuminative path is where you really are living the life of a Christian. You're pretty much riding the horse <laughs> at that point. But then the path that's very difficult to attain on this earth, and, and you know, the, the ones that we know have attained it, have saint in front of their name, is the unitive path, where you really have a unit. There's so little of this earth between you and God that you really experience unity with him. Um, but that's the thing. Uh, very few people, many people can acquire salvation, again, and that's where we talk about purgatory. Again, it goes back to that whole word, that purgative path and that purgatory. But it's like, but to be in God with heaven in an immediate way, like, um, like the saints that we honor, that's a hard thing to do because often we still have a lot of earth between us and God. And so the thing that we're trying to do on this life is purify ourselves of that as much as possible because ideally we would be in that unitive path where we're so one with God, we're so enlightened by his light that very little of the earth stands between us and God at that point. And so he accepts us right into his kingdom. But thankfully, you know, purgatory is there if there's still a little earth on us when we get, uh, when, we, when we make it. But, you know, the point is, is that we're always striving for the ideal. We really are striving to be fully in God's light and, and fully in realization of the idea that God's kingdom is not of this earth, but it's in heaven. And so the most, the most amount of time we are able to devote to thinking about heaven and orienting ourselves towards it instead of living kind of here in an earthly way, that's the most well-spent thing that you can possibly do um, because our time on earth is a gift to be able to prepare for heaven. But there's just so many distractions, uh, and that's the thing. And when we're fully illumined by the light, then you know, we kind of have less distractions. We're oriented by a path that's clearly, you know, clearly lit up and bright before us. And so that's what we all seek to do, though. And, and many of you understand some of those stages before, and, and a lot of spiritual writers have talked about them uh, in the past. But the important thing is that example from Chronicles of Narnia. We kind of have to be willing to get on the horse in the first place, but we're going to fall. We're going to fall, but the important thing is that 
you actually have to be willing to get back up and get on the horse again. That's the important part about our faith. It's one of perseverance. You cannot stop. There is no option to stop. You have to keep getting back up and getting on there. And that's essentially what confession looks like, right? When the darkness of sin envelops us in, in any way that we're aware, then we seek to be in his light again. And so we go, that's, that's us getting up off the ground and getting back up on the horse so that we're again in God's light. And that's what we're all called to do. And so we, we're reminded of that as Christ comes to the world. As I said, over our Christmas break, the one thing I'll leave us with today before we enter this new year and before we celebrate our Blessed Mother Mary tomorrow is, again, what it said in that gospel today, that the Word was made flesh. As our tabernacle says, et verbum caro factum est, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So we are able to feed on the flesh of Jesus Christ for food for that journey that we're on, for that spiritual journey for us, so that we have his strength within us. But we would have never had that if he didn't come to earth to be one of us and to give us the Eucharist. God bless you all today.